Hey there, brave fundraisers. Welcome to episode 22 of the Fundraising Bright Spots podcast. My name is Rob Woods, and in case you've not listened before, this is the show for anyone who works in fundraising and who wants ideas for how to raise more money, enjoy their job, and make a bigger difference, even and especially during the pandemic. I know that life may be tough right now for a whole host of reasons, and I really hope you're doing okay in spite of what's going on with the coronavirus. And in today's episode, if your charity's fundraising portfolio includes challenge or sporting events, and you've been wondering how to achieve some income in spite of the lockdown, then I think you're going to find today's episode really helpful. Because today I'm going to share a practical, encouraging interview with Andy Salmo of Prostate Cancer UK. Andy has been the head of sporting events at the charity for more than eight years. And during that time, he and his team have grown annual income through events from 700,000 to 4.5 million. So Andy has thought deeply over the last decade about how to do events fundraising effectively. And I know that Andy and his team have been doing certain things very deliberately to adapt and make shrewd decisions as the current pandemic has unfolded. And whether you're also working in a large events team or if events is just one of the many fundraising issues you're having to juggle right now, I hope you'll find it helpful to hear Andy's advice. In the discussion, we cover various topics, including Andy's tips for how to make virtual events more likely to work, ideas for helping people be more likely to collect and raise sponsorship money, even for an event they did earlier in the year, and how and when to make sound decisions about cancelling any events you're currently planning to run in the autumn. He also explains why charities should not be coy about asking our supporters for help, even at a time that is so difficult for many people. He's very clear that sponsored events are good for the participant as well as for the charity's beneficiaries, and he explains exactly why he feels this way. It's been a real pleasure for me to have the chance to work with Andy over the years. He thinks deeply about how to make events a wonderful experience for his charity's supporters. And he has a practical, positive approach that I've always found inspiring. For me, this conversation was no different, and I hope you find it helpful too. This episode of the Fundraising Bright Spots podcast is brought to you by the Bright Spot Members Club. As a practical alternative to one-off conferences and courses whose impact can fade all too quickly, the Members Club is an online resource that gives you ongoing access to a whole library of video training courses, monthly coaching webinars and live training events. It's all designed to help you learn, enjoy your job and raise more money. To join the 300 fundraisers already in the club, or just to find out more, go to brightspotfundraising.co.uk. Andy Salno, how are you? Very good. Thank you very much, Rob. Welcome, Andy, to this episode of the Fundraising Bright Spots podcast. Thank you so much for agreeing to join this interview at fairly short notice. So to help the listener, you are head of sporting events at Prostate Cancer UK. You've been in that role for at least eight years, uh, and I'm delighted to be aware that you've achieved fabulous growth through sporting and challenge events at your charity across that time. I've written blogs about those feats you've achieved in the past. For today's interview, uh, obviously a key thing I would like to do is to pick your brains about what you and your team have been doing in the last six weeks or so since the pandemic hit in the UK so that the listener can get some ideas and answers to some of the issues that they are wrestling with. So very recently, you were also on a call for the Bright Spot Members Club and some of the members of our 
our online club were asking you some specific event related questions so we might come on to a couple of those things they were asking you because you had some quite interesting helpful answers that I wanted to share with the podcast audience so if we could jump into the interview my first key question is top line what has been your approach in the last four to six weeks in terms of event activity the first response has been to make sure that any event that isn't going to be possible to deliver now has been cancelled at a point where we've made the communication really clear to our participants so the the first point when this was all hitting and the reality was emerging that that we may well not be able to deliver the events that we planned for april or end of march april may and onwards once that picture was emerging our participants were already feeling on edge because they've been training for a long time. They've been fundraising for these events. These events hold a, a, a special part in their summer. And so we wanted to make sure that as soon as we could, we communicated with them, even if it was the fact that we didn't know anything at the moment, but we were re- we were reviewing things to be able to give them the reassurance that we are making a considered choice rather than just the radio silence that you can sometimes have if you haven't got an answer. That was the first thing. So we recognize that through, throughout all of our strength of our events so far, as we've got decent communication tools through primarily Facebook groups for the different events where people are talking to each other quite a lot. We're putting messages into those groups as well. And it's there that we first saw people asking questions kind of right when the, the crisis was hitting of what's going to be happening and us being able to respond to those very quickly and say, we haven't got an answer now, but we're going to be able to give you an answer, even if it's no more update in two days and be able to communicate as people rather than this austere look at, uh, you know, for all intents and purposes, we're a robot. We wanted to make sure that we're saying, we know as much as you you do at the moment, we're finding out more, this is when we're going to come back to you. So that was the first thing. And then once it was clear that we weren't going to be able to deliver events, so I'll use an example of our, our London to Amsterdam bike ride that was set to be happening in, in June. Once it was clear that the balance of probabilities, this wasn't going to happen. And we were then in a position of saying, right, well, not to, uh, we won't, won't be able to deliver in June. We need to make sure that we're communicating this first of all. And then also we can do our best to be able to give people another date in September, which is when we were expecting to be able to deliver it. And we are at the moment to be able to put that communication out as quickly as possible. So people can have that in their mind. And everyone responded very well to that. The second element to it is that over the summer. So now there's this big gap between someone's event taking place, them training, the event that would have taken place and would have happened, and then the new event. And being able to keep people warm in that period is a, is a key job that we've got now that actually we've, we've seen ourselves play a more important role in than we were expecting to, because now that someone's event's gone, there's this still a need to be able to get active, keep, and actually uh, we're, we're seeing even more people that are using their one a day exercise now than they would have in the past. We're seeing that people still have that human need for connection, the connection to be uh, when you're working from home or in one small room like this, to be able to be connected with other people and, and get a sense of of having a relationship with a, a bigger cohort of people. And then the third element of which is just as important now as it has, ever has been of making a positive impact. And that those people who were already signed up to take part in a, an event for against UK, those three things still exist over the summer. So it's up to us and without us being able to give them the tool, whether it's a Facebook group to connect to people, whether it's a challenge that would be on the same weekend as their event, but would be something they can do in a self-isolated way. So a bike ride they can do on their own outside or on a turbo trainer. 
and then be able to celebrate the stories and the connection that people have between their challenges, either doing it live or picking up stories about their their challenges afterwards that we we need to do a good job on. So the and the other thing that we've we've looked at, it's been a lot easier to be able to get people on the phone and people have been a lot more keen to to chat to us on the phone because they've had fewer distractions, I guess, outside of things. So the chances of someone picking up a phone call if we were making it during the course of a working day might be you might out of 10 calls get two people to to two or three people through this last four weeks the chances have been eight out of ten people have picked up and have been very keen to have that that conversation because it is a break from the norm for whatever else they were doing whether it's been hundreds of zoom conversations with uh with work or zoom conversation with family being able to talk about something positive and a challenge they've signed up to that's been something that they've seen as welcome relief so that's really helpful for the listeners to know because you know there is understandable concern on the part of charities and fundraisers should we be calling people up and, and bothering people at this time when they could have all, all kinds of difficult health or economic problems going on in their lives and your experience has been when your team make those phone calls people have have been overwhelmingly happy to talk to you. They may or may not still be able to fundraise for you, but they're really happy to talk to you. And many have agreed to carry on supporting. Definitely. And I think being conscious of the other, other things that might be happening in that person's life the way is, is a way to, to treat this sensitively. So any one of those calls will be positive because if someone, if on understanding that that person's facing challenges that are on the raw edge of this, so they might have family members who are poorly, they might have other responsibilities that they've got with their business they weren't expecting. Understanding that, you can still have a great conversation with someone, even if the reality is that that person isn't going to be able to take, they haven't got any space in their mind for the, the charity challenge at the moment. The understanding and patience you show with that person will definitely pay off down the line because you're treating them as a person. And people like fundraising for organizations that have a relationship with people in. So being able to show that person that you understand that actually this isn't going to be the key thing on their mind will still be a good conversation for you. I'm sure it'd be a respite for that person to be able to take a few moments to have a friendly ear. And then that person, I'm sure when they're in a position to would, would be able to remember that they'd had a great experience from, from your charity. But for those people who are actually, if the businesses aren't going too badly, the, the family are doing well, even if they're kind of slightly stir crazy at home, you're offering them an outlet that is an offer. It's not a, an ask. You're giving them a chance to do something that they they want to do. They just might not have the either opportunity, the the skills to be able to create something. You'll be able to set something up for them that's as easy as possible for them to do. Or you're, you're inspiring them, even if they aren't going to be willing to do a virtual event over the summer, inspiring them about the new September date that they can then start training for and start looking forward to in the back of their minds. Mm. So you've, you've given them an extra sense of purpose uh, something to a reason to to try a bit harder and actually do their exercise each day. That if you hadn't had that conversation, if you had only sent an email, uh, they might not yet have committed fully, and then you know they might have lost the willpower to actually follow through and 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 stay fit with that sense of purpose and that sense of challenge. So we really are helping people to at least um, make that offer. In terms of other top tips that you and your colleagues have been doing to, to help make a virtual event more likely to happen and to give it a greater sense of occasion or greater, greater sense of 
connection, even if actually we're not all in the same park together, we're, we're separate because we're, we can't leave our home. Anything you know, in terms of the software or the apps you use or the recipe you use to, to make it more feel like more like a real event and meet our needs in that way, what are some things that you would advise our listeners to include? In terms of software, the, so going for cycling and running events, the easiest software to use is the, the, the software that people are already already signed up to. So on a, in, a, a cyclist and a runner, almost everyone's on Strava. So your, Strava is a social networking platform that allows you basically to connect to G, GPS advice, a device and then upload your run, ride. I think there are hundreds of other activities, stand up paddle boarding. So creating, if they haven't been created already, a Strava group for your challenge that then people are able to, and you can then designate as the person who creates the group, what your weekly totals that you're, you're celebrating are. So you'll, you'll, be, you'll have a hierarchy and a leaderboard of uh, either distance travel, time uh, taken, uh, speed, you could do whatever you want. But having people gathered together in, in that group is a key thing because you're able, that's the, the device that allows people to be able to, to show everyone else that they've done a one hour turbo training session. And then other people can, in that context, say well done to them. And then also, that's a great device to share training and, and have people say, well done, you've, uh, you've done a good ride, comment on that. But it's not a great communications div- uh, platform. So being able to supplement that with a Facebook group that allows people to talk to one another to share tips on inspiration, tips on uh, exercise to do at home, whatever it might be. And then you, as a charity, to either pick out different examples of what people are doing to be able to inspire other people or just celebrate on on your own, just say that we've seen this is a great example that other people are using. How about people use this? That I'd say those two plus email and phone calls, but I think email for the the broad stroke updates that that you want everyone to have that aren't going to be best placed in a, so all of the intricacies of how the event is going to be rescheduled, that might be better as a follow-up email after having had the phone call of saying, this is what's going to happen, but making sure that you're using them all in a way that they're designed to use. So I think using those four is is probably the right way to, to pick up an event that's been rescheduled but definitely not just saying, right, well, email is going to be the way to, to go because people are very, very quick to be able to disregard emails that don't seem like they're that relevant for them. And I would definitely suggest a phone call to, to make sure that the email actually ends up being read afterwards anyway. Mm-hmm. And in a previous conversation, I think it was, was in the group coaching call you did for our club, you were mentioning that where possible, encouraging people to do something on the same weekend or this, uh, uh, close to the same date as the the real event would have taken place, there's value in that because it the, the, it it keeps things together and you know any social media activity amplifies itself rather than things being disparate. Is that, is that correct? Definitely, and I think because I think as soon as as soon as you have an event that you've been training for and fundraising for postponed, even there's a, a sense of feeling bereft about that event weekend that's been looming so so large in your head for such a long time it feels like there's an emptiness behind it. So being able to try and replace that with some excitement of being able to do something that you're going to have to be slightly more creative in, in terms of organizing your own route, or if it's a bike ride or organizing a turbo training session that you might not ordinarily have wanted to do a a two-hour or three-hour turbo session, but having 
this mean the, the 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 difference between you actually getting on the bike and doing it and then being praised for it that's something we definitely would would encourage and the the route to do that is be able to suggest this is what we'd like like you did this is what some people are doing this is what we'd love to be able to suggest that you do and then in the lead up when people are committing to it say so and so is doing 200k on a turbo trainer on this weekend do you want to join him or do you want to do your own kind of thing or do you want to ride 100k outside whatever it is have an idea of what will will work best with that audience and then the lead up celebrate the stories of the people who are who are doing it demonstrate celebrate the impact of those people that they're already raising funds to be able to to support the the urgent work that your charity will be doing alongside everyone else's and then once that event has happened or even while it's happening trying to connect people up between live while while everyone's halfway through the challenge three quarters way through because if you're doing a uh, if you're doing a challenge on your own in your your room you really want to feel like you're a part of something bigger and being able to as a charity be able to connect all those stories is exactly what people would expect i was just doing that live you could do that live on facebook and you can actually even have other people sharing their live feed on Facebook using the tools that are free to you. And so all, all that someone needs to do on Facebook and Instagram to, uh, to be shared, you, could, you just have to accept them. And then you can, you can have their broadcast feed if you wanted to try and chat to a few people in advance being, who would be happy to do that. That would be a great way to be able to connect people during the event itself. And then as with all physical events, once an event happens, say on a Sunday, on the Monday, there's a sense of, the Monday morning blues kind of entering in because Monday isn't the same day as this day are yesterday when you're doing an epic thing that pushed your physical limits and you're really, really happy with. Then being able to pick out some of the stories and some of the photos of what people have done. So there's an example of something, not a fundraiser for us, but a guy called Keith who uh, who did his own virtual half Ironman in in his in his house. And he did the swim by being able, by swimming on a, effectively swimming, on a skateboard he had his kids when he was on his bike uh spray water on him and then he did a, did a, a run around his garden these kinds of examples of showing people actually they, they might have wanted to do something significant and you know pushing their limits but they felt too inhibited because they didn't think exactly imagine exactly how it would work out showing them this is what you could do in the future so those people who haven't necessarily set up their virtual challenge afterwards but for those people who've done something on sunday absolutely celebrating them and managing to even if they are going to be planning on doing the postponed event as well, they've kept their fitness going all the way through the summer and they've still had this great event experience, even if it's a very different one from the one they would have expected to begin with. Mm. It's a great example. And I'm remembering another example you gave of how the London Landmarks event was cancelled, but your team were really proactive and specific in encouraging people who were going to do it to do something virtual. Could you just tell that example so we can get get a sense of, of how that worked out and whether or not many people joined it? And this was this is an example of an event that was cancelled only with about a month's notice. And the event organizers came up with the 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 line the local landmarks half marathon. And so we supplemented that by suggest by promoting that as much as we could to our runners and this is an event that will happen in the autumn they just haven't given us the the date at that point but in that period people have trained for it sorry andy what date would it have happened it would have happened at the end of march and then it's still tbc in terms of exactly when but it's likely to be september or october so it's still happening in in, uh, in the autumn but at the time that it was cancelled everyone's training would have pretty much been 
been in the books, they would have done it. So they would still be expecting to do the, the 21K at the end of March. We encouraged everyone on the Facebook groups, picked out a couple of stories of people who had already talked about their route that they were going to be doing of their one exercise piece of exercise they're allowed to, in the day on the event date. And so try to get demonstrated a little bit of, of buzz in the lead up to that, that event weekend that the event wasn't happening, but people were going to be able to do their own local landmark half marathon, even encouraging people to post photos of the landmarks that were going around because they're local to them and the meaning behind them to them. And by picking out some of those stories, we got a decent number of people posting photos because they still wanted to use their daily piece of exercise to express the fact they've been training for a half marathon. So we, we had a decent number of people take part in the event. There's a virtual event on that Sunday. We, it wasn't by any stretch everyone who'd signed up to the, the event to begin with, but we were expecting through, and then on the Monday, we were able to absolutely celebrate those stories of people who did manage to, to take part and complete the 21K dif- distance on the Sunday. Also encouraged people who hadn't done that to be able to do their local landmark half marathon that week. And we're expecting throughout through that, especially bearing in mind that the event is still happening, but just been postponed to still hit our income targets that we're expecting for the event, potentially even more because we already had the runners signed up. So we're not looking to recruit more runners over the summer, but we have already raised more than we would have expected for an event that hadn't happened in March. And so hopefully with the event being rescheduled, we're potentially even raise more than we would have otherwise. Congratulations. and. Presumably, you can apply the various things you did, the recipe for, for that one, to some other events that you had planned for the spring and summer. And I think you also mentioned that those stories, those assets, those photos, the celebration of, of the heroes doing that stuff, you're going to be using some of those assets when you communicate to other people to encourage other people to, to enjoy doing a virtual thing rather than the real thing. And your sense is is that that will help with the power of social proof to inspire people that this is a, still a fun and valuable thing to do. Absolutely. And I think they, there's always a positive angle behind this, looking at the fact that people will still want to push their own limits. They have to keep active as the government wants us all to, to keep our exercise up to, up to speed throughout all this. Just being able to give people a few, uh, even if, if you feel like you've, you've lost all hope and you just want to, stay inside. These are some reasons why you wouldn't. These are some tips and some people who hopefully you'll feel inspired by to know that actually, if you go cycling now, it's calmer on the road than it ever has been. There are there are real sad elements to the, the C virus, but in terms of exercising, now is a good time to, to make sure you are exercising. So a few stories, a few points of inspiration that other people who are in the same boat as them have, have chosen to do will hopefully give people a bit of a positive nudge when it might have been easier otherwise to feel like actually fine, I'll just for the foreseeable future to stay inside. And there was one question I thought was interesting that was posed by one of our members in the the group coaching call you did for us to do with an event, a challenge event that her supporters had done, I think it was in February, and obviously some people had raised lots of sponsorship money in advance of the event, but as so often happens, there's quite a few people hadn't hadn't raised all of their sponsorship money. So that's always hard, actually, after the event, chasing for that money. And maybe our listeners are in the same boat. 
she was saying it's harder than ever to reach out to people, you know, apart from anything else. They, they might have been intending to raise some money by doing a, you know, a pub quiz or some other mini event. She's finding it hard to, to um, uh, seek the sponsorship money for the event that has already happened. And it happened in February before the pandemic hit. And you had a couple of helpful tips, I think. Uh, I'd love for you to reshare those to our podcast listeners. Well, yeah, we, we spoke about the, the idea of calling the people who have done a great job. And so this was your, your, your call, your idea, Rob, of just you've got in that event 25 people. You've got a certain number of them who've, who've absolutely smashed their fundraising target. Those calls are ones that will go down very well to talk to those people about what they've done, how they've managed it. Because first of all, they're going to be grateful for the fact that you're calling them to say well done and thank you. And also that you're gathering inspiration from, from them with their consent to be able to share with other people. So once you've got a few of these calls with a varied potentially list of things that they've done that everyone might be able to do, whether it's a virtual quiz, whether it's a, a, a virtual sportif on, on Zwift, the, uh, the computer game uh, bike platform that so many people are using at the moment. Once you've had those calls done, you've got a real body of inspiration to be able to use for everyone else. And, and even though those, and so if imagining a minority of people have, have smashed their target, and the majority might not have, those majorities still want to, they still want to raise the money. They signed up to a target that they want to be able to, to achieve. What's stopping them at the moment is either not feeling like it's as relevant. So calling them, these people would definitely put it back onto their agenda. And then calling them being understanding of, of the other challenges they face in their life, but also giving them inspiration of saying what you could do is organize something that might like, connect you with other people that you want to do. You want to be able to connect with your family and friends. This gives you an opportunity to do that. This is a tool I'm going to share with you that someone else who you rode with has used and it's been really successful for them. And so you're offering them a solution to something that might be a, 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 an issue that they have in terms of not being able to gather people together virtually this gives you a, a a reason it gives a reason that's bigger than you because it's for a charity so it doesn't seem like it's your self-indulgence by wanting 50 people to be together for a quiz and so you're offering them something that is relevant to them and timely and isn't isn't a, a chasing call of saying why haven't you ra raised money it's saying i want to be able to help you to, to use the, the tools at your disposal to be able to meet a, a target that then means something to you because you want obviously signed up to, to this challenge wanting to raise funds to make an impact in, to our cause and then i'll be able to tell you this is what the impact it's going to make so it's a, a positive call you can have with those people who like, maybe the majority who haven't reached their target just yet but when you've got uh, something like c virus happening you are able to focus on a handful of things and you might just put other things to the back of your mind they might still be nagging in the back of your mind but actually by calling someone and saying this thing that's hanging in your back of your mind could be something that would be a solution for other things that you might otherwise not have considered to be. And then here are the tools that you can use. That would be the way to use the opportunity, I think. Mm, I love that. And and I also love that that during those four or five good calls towards the end, you could ask that that person who's done so well of another favour, which is to uh, post some of these victories or the, the recipe for how they did it into the Facebook group. So that's creating a, a pull factor and inspiration for other people in, in the group. In addition to the more direct communication you, the fundraiser are doing by phone. So you're setting a context in which others are managing. Um, 
And I also liked the notion of, of pulling it back to the difference this money will make to this cause, which may be very different to the current health pandemic, but it's still relevant to people. So if, if someone's raised £1,600 and you're able to say, congratulations, this is the number of young people through counselling your bike ride will have helped and and they can celebrate and be proud of that online again that's going to be pulling people and re-inspiring by the original motivation to do some good so um that extra cause angle as well as the social proof and making it easier i think all of those means you're you're helping people to fulfill their their pledge rather than them feel guilty and feel like they're failing at it i had one more question which uh, i thought was you know, on many people's minds right now and again it was posed in the group to do with someone who they were to have i think a rowing based event happening in the spring they took swift action to postpone it till the autumn and now they they're wrestling with issues about at what point do they decide potentially to even to cancel that event that would happen in september or not cancel to help some listeners in a similar boat weigh up how they approach autumn events how are your team approaching those decisions the first thing is whether you've already got participants signed up for the first date and who are also going to be keen on taking part in the postponed date if you've already got the participants signed up then you don't have to worry about a recruitment window because you, then you, it means well, all you've got is one risk. You've got the risk of the postponed date not happening. Whereas if you haven't got participants signed up, you've got the risk of will they sign up in this uncertain period that we're in at the moment and then also will the date happen? So if you've already got participants signed up and you've got the postponed date, they're already expecting to take part in that, then the decision is based on probabilities. It's based on Will the event take place? And at what point will be I will I be committed financially? So then just look at the deposit dates that you'd have and try and negotiate as good a date as you can with your suppliers to say that you'd cancel with as as uh, short a time as possible with that with them. So that once the situation becomes clearer, you'll be able to make a call that is appropriate for your supporters and the suppliers, and no one's left out of pocket. For our events, that date is in June for events where you've got participants signed up already because you don't need a long window to sign people up. You just need to tell them with the appropriate amount of time when the event is going to be cancelled and that will be cancelled on the basis of government advice at that point and it will be done at a time that we won't be committing the majority of costs. So we're only committing small deposit costs that we'd be comfortable in the balance of things to, to lose on the basis of us securing that date in September. And ideally, we'd be able to move that deposit onto another date if, we, if we're able to or had to in, in October. But that's the key question. It's, it's going to be a gamble at the moment. It would be a gamble to say it's completely cancelled because then you're not getting any income from it. It's a gamble at the moment to put deposits down behind September events. But as long as you're putting those deposits down at a point where you're not committing the majority of the money or you're committing a small amount that you're comfortable with, before you have to commit, that's the key thing. If you haven't recruited participants yet, that becomes another risk, and it becomes a lot. It's a, it's a different a different kind of kettle of fish. My my feeling, if you've not recruited any participants yet for a September event, is it, it's going to be hard to justify committing costs behind an event because 
it, people aren't, in my experience right now, they're not signing up to events they've not already signed up to. Yes. So in that respect, it's similar to most areas of fundraising in which almost all of our chances of income for the charity are coming from existing supporters, not from cold acquisition, not from going to find new major donors or new corporates. Absolutely. Andy, thank you so much for making time at this at short notice for this interview. Uh, I think it's really going to help people out there who are wrestling with various event-related issues. I really appreciate it. I hope you're able to, to stay safe and well. Enjoy this time with your family and with, and with your baby. I look forward to catching up very soon. But for now, thank you and goodbye. Rob, thank you very much. So there you have it. I hope you found Andy's advice encouraging. And if you'd like to understand more about Andy's strategy for events growth, I've put all that detail in a mini ebook called Challenge Event Fundraising, how to survive the pandemic and then grow income in the long term. You can download it for free from brightspotfundraising.co.uk forward slash challenge dash event dash fundraising forward slash and I'll put that link in the episode notes on the blog and podcast section of my Brightspot fundraising website. And if you found the episode helpful, please do subscribe to the podcast today so that you don't miss out on any of the other pandemic-defying episodes that we've got lined up. And also, I'd be ever so grateful if you could take just a moment to share it on with your colleagues or on social media. And if you want to get in touch, Andy and I would love to hear from you. We're both on LinkedIn, and on Twitter, Andy is at Andy Salno, that's S-A-L-L-N-O-W, at Andy Salno, and I'm at Woods underscore Rob. And lastly, thank you so much for listening today. I really appreciate the effort it takes to keep investing in your professional and personal development, especially when you're potentially under much more pressure than normal. And I hope it gave you some ideas and encouragement. So until the next time, please stay safe. And best of luck with all your efforts to help your charity when it's now more important than ever. Goodbye.